0: In this episode of 92 I Talks, superstar chef and fresh food champion Jamie Oliver brings his signature effervescence and passion for pure, unprocessed, flavor-packed food as he talks with Carla Hall about his book, Ultimate Veg. From burgers and fritters to gorgeous curries to pies and bakes, Oliver shares his recipes, tips, and philosophy that veg-based food is no longer an alternative. It's for us all. The conversation was recorded on January 7th 2020 in front of a live audience at New York's 92nd Street
1: Live. Wow! I can't see you all, but I hear you. Can you hear me?
2: It's quite spooky, isn't it? It's a bit voyeuristic.
1: I know, it is. All right, I can't even see who's in the house, but um, how many, how many, we're going to talk about veg, how many vegetarians do we have out there? Okay, now keep your hands up. Now, how many people do we have out there who love vegetables? Exactly! That's why they're here, James. More to the point, who
2: hates vegetables? Put your hands up. I know. There you go. We got one. We got two.
1: I know. What took you so long to do this book, dude? (laughs) I mean, you've been working on this for eight years. Why eight Uh, years? Yeah, I
2: wrote it nine years ago, uh, and I've been pitching it every year. Uh, Well, uh, the book was published, um, but I, I knew that the veg narrative was so important to do it justice that I had to get the TV show to go with it. And... Um, broadcasting wasn't ready for it. I think... the conversation wasn't quite ready for it, I don't think.
1: So they kept saying no?
2: They just said no, it's boring. (laughs) No, it's boring. And it's, you know, and it's, and I think it's, um, it's a bit of, yeah, it's, it's, it's always about how you do things, isn't it? Right. And nothing in the planet has to be boring. Right. It's just how you do it. So, um, I tried and I tried and I tried. And finally this year, last year, they said Yes we did it, it smashed the ratings, they've asked for a second season, and it's like, yeah, righto. Uh, so, I, but I think more than ever, it's like an, an interesting time now. And, 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 and what I've tried to do as a meat eater is, is not make it a divisive subject, not right. make it about being any kind of ism, ism, vegetarianism, ism, yeah. ism? veganism, uh, pescatarianism. Um, there's, ma- there's many isms out there, and I, I just think that just for the joy and for the love of food, um, let's just focus, let's just change the lens, and, um, and... So your
1: show, though, is Meat Free Meals. Yeah. And I just wanted to get the name out, but it hasn't started here. It's not here yet. When does yeah. it come here?
2: I don't know. I, I was my looking broadcasting's for broadcasting's somewhat erratic over here these Yeah? Days. If you're not willing to do a game show, you know, the, the American broadcasters, <laughs> they, they, do, they do like some, you know, some strange cooking shows. But I think... Um, Five-minute meals, uh, f- five ingredients went on, is it CBS? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we did really well with that. And, and look, I'm 20 years, I mean, I remember launching Food Network. I remember, I mean, God, it was like 19 years ago, 18, <coughs> years, 18 years ago.
1: So 18 um, years ago, and I, let me just say, I'm a huge fan. I just want to go on record, so if, if I have a <laughs> meltdown or anything, I just want you to know what, what's happening. <laughs> a huge fan, I tell my assistant, Kirsten, who, I was like, oh my god, I am going to get to interview Jamie Oliver. Go on, go. Okay, right? And she goes, who? <laughs> I was like, you know the naked chef. She's like, what, the, does he cook in the nude? I mean, well, right? Okay, so then I got excited because you sent me um, a DM on Instagram, and yeah. you're like, can't wait to see you tomorrow, babe. I'm like, what? Call me babe any time. <laughs> and uh, and I, I sent this to her, and she was like, Was he naked? Because I was all excited. So, there's a theme there with her. But my point is, why the title Naked Chef when you started?
2: Uh, Well, I was a very young lad. And uh, like a lot of TV shows around the world, um, a lot of the people representing food were often men, uh, by majority, and often more mature, and often in chef whites with a hat. Um, and so The Naked chef for me was about... I, I just wrote a little document. When TV... I, I was on the background of a documentary. I wrote a little, like, two-paragraph thing, just saying, look, I just want to do a show. If I was to do a show, it would be about stripping restaurant food down to its bare essentials, me at home, my friends, my family, cut to my music, and it was, the, it was stripping down and bare essentials. That were like, stripping bare uh, naked. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> of course, as we know... Um, it, uh, what was it, um, the, uh, the, in, in, in the last decade in the UK they did like a, the roundup of the best-selling books mm-hmm. and basically I think one and two was uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, one and two, right? So right. Sex, right? Yes. Um, three, yes. three was me. Yes, uh,
1: yes, yes. Away um, yes. oh, for it,
2: Harry Potter, four. So basically, if you're a sexual culinary wizard, (laughs) that is the book for you, brother. That is the book for you. If you want to sell loads of books, that's what you got to do. But I think, um, I think. But I think
1: I think the the sell being provocative it helps. Yes, yes. And I
2: think being provocative um, and being a bit younger and trying to do things differently. I was so naive, but I think somehow I was lucky enough to make that work.
1: Did you ever do a calendar with that book? Twice. A naked calendar.
2: No way, Jose! I I I wanted to sell them. (laughs) No, I did. I f- for real, for real, for real. I did the the first calendar we did. Like we, you know, if I remember rightly, we sold 180,000 copies, and I, I had no money. And I'm like, "Fucking hell, dude! It looks so sold over there!" Like, woo! Um, uh, and I, we did the second year. We did the second one, and the front cover got chosen. I, I swear to God, this is utterly true. And um, we printed like 150,000 of them, and we sold them to all the retailers. And uh, it got recalled from Boots, which is a very sort of famous drugstore in the UK, um, because basically I was sitting in Paris with my leg up, looking whimsically off into the distance, and there was a bag of there was a bag of apricots which just happened to look like a massive sculpted penis, and um, and no one had realised, including me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when you look from like you know when you look from a foot away and then you look from two meters away, and it's like oh my god, that's completely inappropriate. <laughs> um, so we had we had, we had a recall on my on my second calendar, and um, and then calendars sort of died for me after that really. <laughs>
1: so you <laughs> I'll show well, you the picture later. It.
2: No, it, it, <laughs> it's it's amazing how innocently innocently realistic it was, but I'll show you later. It was, no, I want to um, see
1: it. I want to see. It. Well, let me let me ask you this. So. You were about, what, 23 when you got started?
2: 23 when I got started. I think 24 when it broadcast. Yeah. And um, uh, I'd grown up in the food industry. um, And just, I think, like, it it was a whole mixture of things. It was timing, timing, timing. I think it was a good, fresh energy, simple Mm -hmm. food. But more than anything, it was sort of saying that anyone can. Anyone can cook. And you don't have to go to a restaurant to have a party. You can do it in your own home. And I think... I thought just, I could only think of the UK at the time, mm-hmm. but just just getting stuck in, having a laugh, you know, b- being grateful to the fact that our supermarkets, even at that stage, I mean, they're even better now, but like, even then, it's kind of like you could cook a dish from anywhere in the world. And it just went massive. But I mean, my,
1: my point is that you were 23. We saw you publicly... In your 20s, yep. in your 30s, yep. now in your 40s, which are yeah. very different decades. Yep, definitely. And how have you managed that? I mean, how have you, what are some of the challenges of that? Because it was very public. I mean, you know, we know your wife, we know your kids. Poppy yeah, battle, I mean, I, I think. Blossom.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of kids. and.
1: Um, <laughs> a lot of kids with yeah. some cool names.
2: Yeah, I don't have any control of the names, I'm afraid. <laughs> That's all my wife. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think in one respect, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really, really, truly grateful that, um, that I get to live in a lot of people's kitchens yeah. on a shelf. And, um, and I think you can get lucky and sell a few books once or twice, but to have 20 years of prolific publishing is really only trust.
1: 23 um, books.
2: Thank you. But we test... We work so hard to make our recipes like robust and we're really conscious that when people follow a recipe and they spend 30 bucks, 40 bucks on ingredients, like if it doesn't work, it's like, it's, it's really, and there's so many bad cookbooks out there. Yeah. Um, so I think like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's been an honor to sort of grow with the public um it's also quite frightening it's it's amazing that people people really feel that they really know you yep. in a friendly sense so that's amazing i don't have too many problems i mean you know you do get your kind of bumps you get your stalkers you get trouble you get you know um aggressive attacks normally in waves of three years from the press um uh, like what Just, just like uh, super aggressive, complete bullshit, uh, awful accusations that don't aren't aren't real. Sometimes you. I was called a man. Were you?
1: Yeah, I mean, you can Google it. Is Carla Hall a man? I mean.
2: And what do you do then? Do you sue, or just take it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: you put some apricots next to you and compare your bits. I don't know. No, you just let him die. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's,
2: you do have to put up with quite a lot of crap. Yeah. But I, 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 do th- I mean, I remember in the second year of The Naked Chef, it had kicked off. It was already in 20, 30 countries, and it wasn't slowing down. And I remember having to make the decision, like, are you in right. or are you out? Yeah. And, I, and I think I have learned... I've learned that kind of... Um, uh, anonymity is such an incredible gift. To, to, to be able to go into a room and make a first impression mm-hmm. for better or for worse yep. is a gift. Um, and then, so then when everyone thinks they know you, I mean, you just try and do the best you can. Try and be as nice as you can. Try and do good work. You know, try your best to not treat people badly. Treat them well. And, and try and if you do projects, represent things that are positive. And that's definitely what I've tried yeah. to do for, certainly for the last... Seventeen years.
1: Yeah, I, and I think we've seen you. We've seen your passion in your cooking, as well as an activist or what you call a campaigner, and and how you have developed in terms of, in terms of these passions outside yeah. of your cooking show and outside of your cookbooks, um, and they just continue to blossom. I, um, I think it was like two thousand eight or so, and I'd already left London, but it was just the words. Ministry of Food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And our uh, food ministry. And I was just like, whoa.
2: Yeah. The Ministry of Food was like an incredible thing. So the Ministry of Food was basically a project we did like probably 12 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of like, outside of the normal kind of chop, chop and chat show and, and TV world, um, on the campaigning side, the, the things that irk me and really upset me and that I'm really passionate about is... Um, child health, mm-hmm. and and so that, and of course, it's not my own kids. My kids are totally looked after. It's um, it's vulnerable communities, um, uh, poor parts of towns. We we you know we know that if you're from a poor part of town, you know your health statistics are like you know you're two and a half times as likely to be overweight, or obese, to get paid less, die younger, be less productive, um, do less well at school. I mean, there's all these kind of patterns that keep happening, and I. And the Ministry of Food for me, was like the lo- it was the last time the British government did anything to go to the public to nourish them. And it was, it was a ministry set up in the Second World War. And there was like 1,500 of these incredible women that would go out around the whole country. They'd go to like bingo halls, cinemas, streets, markets, and they'd set up pop-up little demo sections and they'd teach people how to cook in war with rations. And I just couldn't help but think how beautiful that was in every way, shape, and form. But the idea of the state empowering an army of incredible they happened to be women because they were all women, but i mean in this day and age, it could be anyone right but like but the idea of the state empowering an army of people that love their community to go and help their community just it feels so it felt so much like what we needed in britain and, and i and i believe this and the states as well so i i restarted the ministry of food and it's still runs to this day we've got various centers around uk we've got we're probably more robust in australia actually where we've got trucks that go off into the suburbs and into can
1: i volunteer for that
2: for sure yeah 100 percent, 100 percent, yeah i mean it's it's um it's a beautiful project. We do like 10 recipes to save your life, so, yeah. um, so we try and just get local people that are vulnerable to uh, learn the basics of budgeting, the basics of nutrition, how to shop locally, like, mm-hmm. like learn their hood and where they can get bargains and discounts and then like teach them how to make soups easy, cheap and delicious, you know, stews, roasts, stir fries, you name it, and, and, and it really, really works well.
1: Last night, I'm, I'm switching because I- Switch the, away. The it's ultimate veg is behind me. And last night I did the mushroom swarma.
2: Yes, I saw. Yeah, had it go? Were you on my page? Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I, had I, to make,
1: it. I had to make skewers because I, I couldn't find any. Okay. I had to whittle some long matchsticks.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: I am a MacGyver, dude. Really? I was like, "Oh, I'm making this
2: shawarma. <laughs> you know, if I'm I thought you were gonna else. say you're like the leg of your chair. It was <laughs> like, you know.
1: um, delicious. I think um, one of the things that I love about the book, and I've made a, I've made a couple things, is that you do these flavor bombs, which what I call flavor bombs. You know, where you're making uh, the depth of flavor in vegetables, and they're so delicious, yeah. and um, like the food just happens to be vegetarian, but food that everybody is going to like. Can you talk about that and how you approached um, the food, not just as a vegetarian dish, but just as delicious food? And and the cauliflower pizza, which I was a little scared of, is not a cauliflower crust. Oh,
2: the, the cauliflower cheese pizza yes. pie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, that was... <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, cauliflower cheese and pizza. <laughs> what do you want Do you need to know anything more? Um, but it's, it's been—I
1: uh, don't want to say it's been messed up because I—I I understand people being gluten uh, need to be gluten-free, but it was actually a pizza.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was—it was more of a Chicago-style like tin yeah. pizza, which, of course, for your average home is much easier to achieve. Mm-hmm. But um, look, I think in a in, a, in a, for me in the book world. Um, uh, it's and as a dyslexic dude, um, I've realised that there's 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 no, just logic and and doing well is not enough for a good cookbook. Mm-hmm. Like I, I find it quite a. Um, I I look at it in so many different lenses. Mm -hmm. So if there's too much, it depends what the brief of the book is, but I I, I think um, simple recipes, having enough comfort food dishes, stuff that I know you want, things that are close enough to you, but then enough stuff that you've never heard of before. Mm -hmm. uh, Try and go around the world, try And have a mixture of like, like one pan, one tray dishes, stuff that doesn't, cre- you know. I'm even editing recipes to create less washing up.
1: Yes. So it's
2: all of that stuff. So, yep. and then, um, re- and just be really upfront with like, you know, making sure that most of it's really healthy, enough of it's indulgent, because I think you need that yin and yang, right? And then, yeah, I just, but there's still something really beautiful about books. And it's, it's I think it's so fascinating that even with the digital revolution, like books is still solid, you know, book sales in America, in, in, in the UK, in, in most of the countries where I work, they're solid. And, and actually digital digital books don't work. Uh, illustrated yeah. ones don't, right. you know, for sure. And, and I don't know why, actually, because on dig, digital illustrated books, you can do video, you can kind of like click, you know, you don't have to be just committed to a double page spread. You can kind of go into step by steps or Wikipedia or kind of like, I mean, it can go anywhere. Um, but yeah, people don't dig it. But I kind of like the fact that...
1: I, I, th- I don't think it's an or, I think it's an and. I think they like that and books. I want to physically touch my books, but I'll also have the same book on Kindle so that if I'm shopping or if I'm out or if I just want to look at a book, I will look at it yeah. with my iPad.
2: Well, it's funny, when we did Five Ingredients, Like I saw for the first time through hashtags that people were not keeping the book in the kitchen like they were. They were keeping them in cars in the glove compartment and in at work next to the computer. Mm-hmm. And they were taking pictures of the pages because it was just five ingredients and sending it to their girlfriend or their boyfriend or husband or wife or lover or whatever and just going like, look, we got this, we got that. Can you pick up that on the way home? Yeah. So like you can kind of track that. And it's kind of, I was I was excited that, it, you know, I think the, the idea of good is not a kind of, it's not, like everything's moving. People and like, like, Doing my job now, compared to 20 years ago, it's, it's uncomparable. You know, you've got more choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are kind of like, have more of an idea of the rest of the world. But yes, I, if they've done some amazing studies with tens of thousands of people. And literally, when I started off in The Naked Chef 20 years ago, I think the average amount of time for the average person in the UK, and it, look, it, tra- it will translate to the US, was like 40 minutes. Yep.
1: I think it's It's,
2: 20 here. It's now. It's now. The last time we did it, which is four years ago, Mm is 22 minutes. Yeah. I I think it's more like 18 minutes now. So it's people's what they want and what they're willing to put in is changing very, very, very fast. So you know, you've got to, you kind of got to be contemporary and try and work with them and 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 be honest and realistic about supermarkets.
1: Yeah.
2: Um and and how busy people are and how they're multitasking constantly.
1: And, and, and coming home to cook. So what would you say to somebody? Who, who out there has kids? Okay. Uh, I can't see you, so clap.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. And <laughs> who out there is it challenging to cook for your kids? Oh, oh that's good. That's good. Pleasantries, pleasantries. That, those three people. Um, so, but But what would you say about this book, in terms of uh, making vegetarian dishes or vegetables for kids? I mean, dishes that, vegetable dishes that maybe your kids eat and maybe um, dishes that kids say they don't like vegetables. And what would be the gateway veg for them um, from
2: you? Uh, listen, I, I just think the matrix of kids and cooking and parenting is tough. I mean, it's like warfare. Yeah. It's, it's properly hard. There is no one-size-fits-all. Right. I mean, like, you know, my, even my wife was like, she'd taught the kids that frozen peas were sweets. And we know they're kind of cute, they're green, and they're sweet, right? And they kind of pop. So I kind of get it. But they believed her they really believed her. They go, you know when like kids try and go and like, like the cookie month, like hey, I want chocolate, hey, fucking in all the drawers and everywhere, uh-huh. you know. Like they were doing that to peas. <laughs> For real. It's like, wow, that actually worked. But I think, um, I think uh, you just, it, it's, kids are so marketed to yeah. from such an early age. They're so brand aware from such an early age. that The modern day parent has to be, Psychologists, psychiatrists, like cook, you know, mum, dad, but also marketeer. Um, like, you, you know, we, it, and I think when you live in a city like this, mm-hmm. uh, or any city around the world, like, you're so far from dirt and so far from farmland that it gets even harder. And so I, I think just the idea of having fun with food, mega, mega. I think... I think, generally speaking, they, like, they're more modular about the food they eat, but yeah. you, you can lose good stuff in soups and pasta sauces, for sure, smoothies. But th- they're erratic, and they contradict themselves. Oh, and, yeah. And it is the most frustrating. I've got five kids. I mean, not one of them have had exactly the same pattern. And um, on a daily basis, I come in and, and swear about them to my friends at work and they're like, yeah, and this is what mine did. It's like, oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> but I, I think ultimately you just got to be creative. I, I mean, yeah. uh, and I
1: think getting them involved. I mean, there was one video that you have where you're peeling some tomatoes and I've actually never seen this. You know, you know you're, you're um, peeling tomatoes and you shock them in, uh, well, you put them in hot water and, and it starts to peel and then you yeah. peel off the skin. But you take your hand and you just look almost like, I, I hate to use the... I go, I know. but uh, Harry I Potter. It, it's almost like Pimple Popper. Yeah. But it's almost like you take that tomato and you just squeeze it through your hand. I mean, something like that, showing a kid and how that would be so amazing yeah. and so fascin- fascinating. And I think it's to get them involved.
2: I think, uh, d- definitely. I think getting them involved, seeing prep, gadgets, yeah. bashing, smells, um, and... Uh, uh, and trying to have fun around it. I mean, I think mm-hmm. most farmers' markets are buzzing. Yes. So just without even buying anything, you can just walk from one end to another. And if you do that once every two weeks for a kid's childhood, like, like pretty much job done.
1: Yeah. Do you know
2: what I mean? Like, it's just, it's the real problems come when you, you have food deserts and they, yep. you only have crap available. And, and it's amazing how bad, and how, I mean, like having spent six months living in the most unhealthy town in America when we did the ABC show, mm-hmm. you know, you, you started to see that how such an incredible town in a rural area had been kind of um, starved of all of its resource. And, and everything was like hardcore process. So yeah. even if you wanted and intended to make a good choice, or a normal choice, should I say, you had to drive 40 minutes on a motorway right. to go to somewhere where you could get something that's alive. And that's
1: 40 minutes on top of your 22 minutes that you're willing to spend on cooking.
2: Yeah, tough. So I think, I think, you know, I think uh, it's interesting when people talk about diets and types of diets and things that they're after. Actually, before any of them, I mean, some of them have science and, 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 and uh, uh, some uh, interesting data around them. But really, but way before that, way before that, your environment is the first diet you should do. You know, I mean, if you just, like, if your workplace is just full of shit, you're gonna probably eat a lot of it, yeah. and and not we done, sure. in, and, and if and if your vending machine has only got crap, you know, And if your corner shops only got crap, and uh, you know. What I mean? So I think it's um, sometimes just changing the way you go to work is healthier. Yeah. Um, and that's not like going. I mean, we're not talking about a carrot versus a burger. I'm saying like there's there is this there is stuff in the middle. It doesn't have to be one extreme to the other. But look, I just I just think it's the best job. Ever, yeah. and, and I still pinch myself today I, I think I did an Instagram post and I'm like dude my picture's in Times Square you know I'm from Essex what on earth yeah, right. is going on I still feel you know, completely blessed and lucky to be able to come here t- to work, my publisher's here of 19 years and, that's an, and, mean, that's and, an amazing and, relationship and the lovely, lovely Will we were just talking about earlier like no one from Britain had ever published in the US no one Wow. And so he, he probably could have got a good bollocking or got fired from buying my book, you know, and here we are 19 years later. No regrets, right, brother? <laughs> well,
1: that would be his superpower. Um, let me ask you, what do you think your superpower is?
2: Um, uh, being fairly patient, although, ah. although that's waning with old age. Well, let
1: me, let, okay. I'm so much less patient, patient now. Is he patient? Okay, he's like... That, that's a superpower, especially yeah, if you have five kids. I'm fairly kids. patient,
2: I'm fairly patient. Yeah. I'm not patient with teenagers. Oh my God, who's got teenagers here? <laughs> Fucking hell, no one warned us about this shit. Yeah. yeah that, I want a yeah. refund. <laughs> it's just like, my God, I've yeah. worked so hard for this.
1: <laughs> yeah. But <I think laughs> well, I'm coming out the other them.
2: side now, so it's getting better.
1: Yeah, aliens but, take them and that then That was a shock. Yeah. yeah.
2: How can something so angelic turn, Yeah. Uh, just with one moon? You weren't warned? I was warned, but I didn't think it'd be like this.
1: (laughs) Um, Let me ask you. Let me ask you something else. Um, What are you afraid of doing? I believe that I try to do things that scare me, Um, just for growth. You know, Um, I recently did stand up, scared the heck out of me, Um, but I did. I can see
2: you being very good at that. I got to laugh at
1: you. Oh my God! Thank Thank you, thank you, thank you, five people. Um, what is something that you're afraid of doing?
2: Um, um, I mean, most of the campaigning stuff that we do, Mm -hmm. where you raise your head above the parapet and have an opinion, is very, uh, very frightening. I'm not going to lie. Uh, And I might look cool, calm and collected, but I'm not. Um, And I think, um, I'm really grateful that the campaigns that we've done have worked. Mm -hmm. You know, and, um, and they're really complex.
1: Yes, I you
2: mean... You even, even, like even getting the sugary drinks tax in the UK. Yeah. Which is just a kind of... It's a 20% tax on soda, right? So you're probably thinking, you're probably thinking, well, I, I don't yes, want that. Yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> and most people don't really like tax, right? But, you know, this uh, was a, a narrative that we... We made a documentary. We forced Parliament to debate it. The science from all the cleverest people was there. We knew the single largest source of sugar came from soda. We knew it had come from a cute thing to a prolific thing that owned everything that we had in the country, from the Olympics to the biggest soccer games. And so, and they weren't reformulating. So what's happened in, in literally since we've had it, this year in the UK, um, currently, it's about 430 million pounds of new money that goes directly and only to elementary schools for school and breakfast clubs, right? So it's a tax for good, right? Uh, but most importantly... Wow, that's, um, that's
1: amazing. That's the,
2: incredible. Uh, two out of three products reformulated in about six months
1: mm-hmm.
2: after 20 years of dragging their heels.
1: Six months? Six months. Wow.
2: So some, some of the biggest brands did it in three months. And then the other brands ganged up on that CEO because he did it, because he knew he could, he'd done the blind tastings, he had the technology, you know. And um, so what's interesting is, um, but more than anything, it's, as much as you all love these brands, I'm sure, um, it, was putting, it was the first time the British government had put the food industry that was compromising our kids' health Mm -hmm. on the naughty step and give them a a hiding. And it's really important. You don't want to do it too much. But you want to do it when it's just, when it's logical, when the science is there. Um, And I literally cannot think of... And it polled at 76% approval rating. So, I mean, like, so that's not an easy... That gig is not an easy gig. When I sat down in front of my mob, my team, it was a group of people about this much. And, you know, it's not an easy sell. But it was definitely the right thing to do. It was definitely the right thing to do for the kids. And actually, the industry's behaving better now because of it. And now they've been put on the naughty step when the government starts to threaten other parts of the industry to behave. You know, don't do this, don't do that. I mean, look, I mean we're just talking today about pink slime. I don't know if you guys ever saw my, my show, like, Food Revolution. In, in, yeah, bless you. Um, so we outed pink slime, yeah. which was the most inappropriate in all of its glory, the American government said that if there was less than 25% of this product in a product, then none of you deserve to know it was in there. It's completely ethically wrong. And this was a product that I would never feed to my enemies, let alone my family or people I loved. Right. So we outed it on that show. And um, it, was, it was unethical on so many levels. Because I'm just a massive believer in if you give the public truth Yep. they often make great choices. Mm-hmm. If you lie to them, then they often make bad choices. Yes. So, I, so when we outed that on the show, um, Mackie D's, McDonald's pulled out, Wendy's pulled out, like everyone just like boom, 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 boom. Guess wh- Oh, guess what? I mean, guess what, guys? Instead of that filthy shit that, you know, actually they put meat back in. Wow. What, you mean the the stuff I thought I was getting? Oh, wow, okay. But it's interesting how that went around the world because, of course, it was an American narrative, but everyone else in the world was saying, well, we don't want it either. And they were going, no, no, that that was just in the US because the government let them lie.
1: Right. So
2: I think, like, these, on the serious side of food... um, I'm very passionate about food education in schools. Yeah. School food. You and know, you put
1: yourself and, out there. I mean, yeah, and it's like, and allow people hate you for to it. Be the
2: people, target. People hate you for it. And then like the tabloid papers will kind of make it look like I'm stealing your pizza. Like, really? Is that the truth? Not. <laughs> I, don't, I love pizza. <laughs> you got questions in your hand.
1: I do have questions. That could in be my dangerous. I, I know, and I um, I like them. They're good.
2: Are you gonna like just pick anyone random, or, or are you gonna like? Edit, um, edit what I oh, want I,
1: to, I get to edit. Let's see how many we can get through. Let's, let's do, let's, let's, and I'm going to, I may cut you off. I hope you've been. Um, if food hadn't been your calling, what would it have been?
2: Um, I would have loved to have been a carpenter.
1: Oh, I would have been a race car driver. <laughs> um, if you had to live with only one vegetable, oh, who said that? <clears throat> what would it be? Who, oh. If you choose, if you only eat one vegetable, what is your de- basically what is your desert island vegetable? I mean, but aren't there more vegetables on a desert island? And crazy delicious, there are lots of vegetables in that in that garden.
2: I know. Um, it'd be pretty sad life. Really. I know, um, right? I mean, like technically, tomatoes or tomatoes are not a vegetable. They're. A fruit. You can say tomatoes. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it's a really tough one. I mean, I...
1: Eggplant. Prob-
2: prob- I mean, I love eggplant. I mean, probably. Mushrooms. I think maybe sweet potato would be the Ooh, most- sweet potatoes. Advantageous for longer life without dying. Um, you know, throwing a bit of seaweed for free. You're probably okay for a few years. <laughs> you might get rickets or scurvy, but you know. Um, uh, I, I don't like the idea of having to choose. That's I know. the joy of veggies.
1: I know, exactly. Um, It would be hard for me to choose, but I do like the idea of sweet potatoes. I mean, and we could throw them in the fire and they get all charred, and Mm. then, you know, like the seaweed for salt, and you could do sweet or savory. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is your favorite dish to eat and favorite dish to cook? Thank you.
2: It says right there. Um, I think when you're a chef, like, it's a bit of a weird one. You go through lots of phases. Yes. And also you're paid to sort of keep things moving on. So it's quite hard to How be long allowed... do your
1: phases last, though? I mean, do they it last for months? Yeah, or?
2: they can... And they can be a bit odd and you might just be obsessed by a process or an ingredient and it's like, get over yourself, move on. And, um, but, um, I mean, I think I eat, like, a really good, like, simple pasta dish with a good Arabiata sauce. Mm-hmm. And, like like what we call the pangrattata, like garlic breadcrumbs, maybe a little herb for, you know, crunch, soft, sweet, hot. I mean, that's kind of like, if I came in and everyone's eaten and like they've all got to bed and I'm starving, like I, I would probably knock something like that up. But my mum's roast dinners, like nostalgically, are amazing.
1: Yes. You know, all the
2: trimmings, sticky toffee pudding.
1: Oh, sticky toffee pudding.
2: I did. Do you know? Do you guys know the British sticky toffee pudding?
1: Yes. So like, I know, but naughty pudding. So pie. this year,
2: like, I, I mixed it up a bit because I did my first ever Thanksgiving. Because um, we've always watched, but just mm-hmm. kind of wondered what you were all doing, really. Um, and um, <laughs> I and always then, call
1: my friends in England like they're off. They're not off.
2: Yeah. No, no, we were working away. But like, we had some uh, American friends come over, and I thought, look, I want to make it special for them. And they come to see their daughter in uni, so we like just fr- threw a Thanksgiving, and it's, it's yeah, that was amazing. And we all did thanks. We said the thanks, what we're thankful for, which we—it's very un-British, you know, because it—it yeah. got very emotional and there was like tears and shit, and it's like fucking, hell, this, this is so, that's
1: what we do, like,
2: so American, and um, but uh, but it's it's nice to see all those crusty Brits kind of like break down a little bit, you know, yeah. um, but also it's a great like. It's a, it's a great kind of dress rehearsal for Christmas. Yes. But, um, so I did, this, I did a cool recipe, which was um, the sticky toffee pudding. But instead of all of the dates, that was the, that's the secret ingredient that mm-hmm. gives you that caramel here, um, we roasted off some beautiful pumpkin um, with a little cinnamon. And we swapped out that. So pumpkin sticky toffee pudding for your next Thanksgiving. Please give it a go. It's on the website. It's for free. <laughs> Sorry, Will, it's free. It's, no, you can't buy it. You can't buy it in a book. Um, <laughs>
1: That's amazing. And I think up here, because in the States it's the whole thing, are you a pumpkin pie person or a sweet potato person? Down south they would use sweet potatoes. Same thing. Oh,
2: really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Nice to have choice, isn't it?
1: Um, Someone asks, how much should we be eating?
2: Christ. Um, Well, I I think it depends on your age and your metabolism and your sex. Yes. Um, And um, uh, uh, generally for... uh, average adult woman it's about 1800 calories a day and the man's about 2200 but that's broad strokes. Yeah. Calories are kind of a bit of a blunt instrument but they're efficient in it to a degree. But I think everyone's different. Generally most people have you know, myself included. My job's to eat for a living. Right. So, you know, and but I, I do... I mean, I think just sticking to three meals a day is probably a good one. It's the snackability these days, which is the big change in 30 years, I think.
1: That, that Snacks and drinks. Yeah, because they're readily available. I mean, the grab and goes are, are really popular in grocery stores, and now they're starting to be healthier. But um, this is my question. I'll get back to y'alls in a second. Um, in traveling, how do you stay fit? I mean, how, all of the...
2: Travelling, yeah, uh, I, 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 I'm terrible at it.
1: I know, right? Terrible.
2: That's like, you know, I, but I, I, try, I try to get to the gym three times a week and I'm trying to mix up my strategy for this year because last year was quite a, it was a very testing year for me last year. So I kind of like missed, I missed, I was off point. Yeah. But I'm going to try and smash it this year but I, I haven't started yet. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start it
1: right now yeah, with the no, ultimate veg. Yeah,
2: um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's, as you get older as well, it's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, I um, try to, um, whatever hotel I'm in, I try to do 20 minutes in the stairwell because every, most hotels have steps.
2: So what is that, twerking or just... just twerking? I, mean, I don't know, what are you right. do, what are you doing? You know what twerking stairwell? is, though, right? Yeah, it's like dancing.
1: Oh, okay, then, no.
2: I don't know, what are you doing in the stairwell? No,
1: I'm walking up and down the steps for 20 minutes.
2: They think you're a lunatic. <laughs> um,
1: well, the psh- thing is, nobody yeah. else is there but me. <laughs> you know, and yeah. then... and then
2: We've so- got a terrorist in... <laughs> and, uh, like, and but she's just I not know. sure which door to go in. It's like, I,
1: I go all the way up, I go all the way down. And I'm listening to a book. Um, but but I do get a There'll random... There'll be someone
2: on CCTV watching you, by the way. There yeah.
1: You. Isn't that that girl up there? I get a random housekeeper, they're like
2: but you know how like footsteps echo a lot in those stairwells so probably all the neighbors really like they d- no, you have it. to hold in your core well that doesn't how does that affect the, the acoustics of walking
1: no you're not su- you're not supposed to be dropping your weight so you're making all that noise that you're supposed to be like light on your feet
2: oh really yeah okay <laughs> well, this is complicated
1: <laughs> okay so here's here's a handwritten note dear jamie Hi. Hi. How old were you when you cooked your first food? And what was it? Uh, And? And and what made you love it so much that you became a chef? Maya. Maya, did I do that great? See? See? I I felt you.
2: Bless you, Maya. Um, Lovely handwriting, Maya. And in blue. Very legible. I was about seven and I made uh, an omelette, which was, I know, it sounds maybe a bit simple and boring. No, it doesn't. But um, it was just, uh, its like, you know, good omelettes, not that easy. Um, it's about heat control, isn't it? But um, do you not like omelette? I
1: love omelettes. Yeah, oh omelets. my gosh, you are speaking dirty to me right yeah. now. <laughs> uh,
2: so that's what I did. Mm-hmm. But then once I'd been taught it, my dad said, you can do it whenever you want. So I do remember the feeling of actually, I'm allowed to have that whenever I want, and I can do that. And then um, I, just various versions of that. And then uh, probably when I was about ten, I did a full Monty roast dinner with all the trimmings on my own, and that was like a big turning moment. Um, and uh, and also I was doing really shit at school, okay. so um, so I hadn't really. And I'm, this is not a violin thing. It's it's like I'd never really got any approval from my parents with anything at school. Right. Um, which is where most of that stuff happened. Yes. But then when I did the roast dinner, they're like, oh my God, that's amazing. So I remember when uh, they said that, all my hairs went up and I'm like, well, really? Right. So can I mean, humans are pretty simple, right? They, they tend to stick, if, if, if they enjoy something, they tend to do it more. And, and um, so I just felt like I could express myself through cooking and I just stuck to it. And even when things carried on being terrible at school, because school just wasn't for me uh, and, I, and, I, and I didn't really get much help with dyslexia mm. and, and all that business. But I just worked every weekend at mum and dad's restaurant and they had a great restaurant, still do actually. And um, so by the time I was 16, I'd done every section several times. Um, in the summer holidays, I, I just love money. You know, it, like, if you're like 12, 13 years old and everyone's whining about having no money and I just put the shifts in, like, you know, <laughs> one pound, £1.20 an hour. Yeah. Brilliant. What? 10 hours a day. I mean, that's, you know, like, you know, and when you're 13, I, I always had 20, 40 quid in my pocket, always. I mean,
1: that's a lot of money for a When you're a
2: kid, years. yeah, and like, and if you wanted sweets, that's like 10,000 sweets, it's yeah. like, um, but, uh, but no, I think it, um, I think like being able to earn money as a young yeah. child is like, it, I think it's mainly illegal in most places now. <laughs> But I really, I, really, I really believe in it. I, I, I think getting kids to understand the value of money and to be... I see you
1: taking advantage of your kids on the show. I think they're working I, there. I try, buddy's
2: an amazing worker. Yeah. I, 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 he'll, he'll come in and he'll work in the office and he'll prep and cook and serve my teams. Uh, and, and, and how old is Buddy? Nine. Nine.
1: Wow. Wow!
2: Like He'll do it. Like, I, I, lo- I, I don't
1: even have a kid and I it's feel like okay i something wrong. It's
2: okay to want stuff. Yes. But work for it and save up for it. Yes. And, and, um, and And I haven't, I've, I've negotiated so many deals with my daughters. And they, I think it's a pride thing. They're not biting. So, sometimes I negotiate the most outrageously weighted on their side deal just to see if I can break the veil of kind of like, well, I'm not doing it. And, and I haven't broken them. I, I, like, you know, I, I've done deals that everyone in this room would want to do, you know. And it's just, no, I'm like, really? For and then I'm like, George, do you think they're really lazy? I mean, we're going to be stuck with them for the rest of our life. It's like, but Buddy's amazing, bless. Well, I'll get the girls another, another year, but... Um, um, <laughs> but they are like eighteen and seventeen. It's quite like it's getting on yeah, a Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah. I I was I was working for pocket money from about the age of ten. Yeah. Um and um by the time I was sixteen I could like break down a pig, break down a lamb, break down chicken, like flat fish, round fish, um make various Anglo French Swiss desserts, sponges, meringues, Quick. ice cream. Keep bragging. Um. <laughs> but but it. but that's I mean I'm not bragging. But it's, no, but I mean. But.
1: I'm not bragging, kids but... Kids are amazing. This like, is kids pretty are
2: awesome. So, kids are so amazing. And you see what they do, like, on America's Got Talent. Yes, you know, The things yes. they can balance or do or bounce or juggle or BMXs or, like, whatever thing Red Bull sponsoring is, like, incredible. And then, like, well, why would that be different in the kitchen? Yeah. The only thing I needed was, like, a beer crate to stand on, and I was sorted. Do you know what I mean? I was just too short. (laughs) I was just too short to prep. Um, But But I think the thing,
1: when you you look at the effects or um, the Food Network, and kids grew up watching it, and now there are these amazing... Child protege cooks, and they're doing um, these uh, cooking shows. And you're like, wow, but that is the effects of actually seeing something. And those kids who are interested in it, they do it. Yeah. And I think, and, and so these same kids grew up watching you, and you make it approachable, and you see the passion, and you're, you're saying bash and this and that, and you know, and it's, it's, it's exciting.
2: I think making cooking like accessible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and not making it like a niche club that you have to be some like specific thing to fit in. Do you know what I mean? Like right. make, um, you know, trying to keep re- telling everyone that everyone's welcome. Right, right. Is, is the important bit. And I think like uh, there's a lot of comparing in the world of cooking. Uh, you cannot yes. compare a child today of 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 40 years ago or 50 years ago. You, c- you cannot, and it's all intermingled in everything else that we live. You know, whether it's supermarkets, the freezer, the microwave, the rise of brand brands, junk food, women going to work. There's like a million and one things. Family structures, grandmothers, grandfathers. You know, it's just it's so complex, so complex. So like you know, you can never replace the fa- you can never replace the teaching of a of a of a family unit. Yeah. But families don't operate like they used to anymore. You know, and and um, so we have to try and do what we always do as humans, which is kind of meander and duck and dive and tweak and... And, and like, you know, and even, I think, the next phase of food industry is... is, I mean, hopefully we're going to... Like, truth and honesty, which should be our human right, will help us navigate as politicians and as people... Mayors and as parents and consumers. But I think, um, you know... uh,
1: but what I'm Just trying for... to find
2: time to make cooking like just normal.
1: Right. That's something that we do. Um, but what I'm hoping, um, and thinking about your show, Meat Free Meals, and thinking about how successful it was, and looking at this book, Ultimate Veg, where you can go to a food event and actually have more vegetarian food. I'm not even vegetarian, and I think that a lot of times you're discouraged from doing vegetarian foods because they don't find vegetables sexy, but I think that when, and my um, content manager, social media content manager, um, Kirsten, Kristen is here, and I have a Kirsten and a Kristen, but the the whole thing of going to one of these food events, and vegetarians pay the same amount of money, and they get 1% of the food, right? But chefs are starting to get excited about vegetables.
2: Yeah, I think it's a really good thing. I think if you, if you do a roundup of the history of cooking, mm-hmm. you know, the, like, just the overuse of animal products. And I'm, I'm a meat eater, so it's not like I'm trying to convert anyone, right? Right. But I, I, I do think that we should, meat should be uncomfortable. It should be. And being fussy is probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, but also more as a kind of general cook's, sort of, you know, being able to find deliciousness and joy in everyday vegetables through method or through prep, through the use of uh, spices, herbs, um, that, that's the genius. And it's complete, by the way, it's completely normal. Like, You know, do, you know obviously when, when I do a vegetarian cookbook, I've been asked to do a vegetarian cookbook for, for basically 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I say, look, 65% of all my books has been vegetarian. Right. So like, you know, what do you need? Um, but no, But actually, having a place, having clarity, is kind of a big statement. And I think um, what and when I, and I know that there's an energy now, which it, you know, you'll hear, you'll hear stuff in the press like this' trying to ramp and upset people and make it look like it's a competition between you and them. But I think ultimately there are development chefs in companies all over America and the UK today that are trying to find better, more delicious sort of meat-free alternatives, and give you true choice. Yeah. And I think that's a positive thing. And I think, you know, even us as a family, like, we basically we're now pretty much only eating meat at, at the weekend. And I'm trying to do booze at the weekend too. Um, <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm perfect. Um, but um, but I, th- I think that's the intention, is sort mm-hmm. of Monday to Thursday and you know, and it's it's amazing how the shops are simpler you can yeah. save a load of dough it's healthier and, and if you're kind of really thinking about the environment and stuff at the moment i think um, th- this is a really positive thing and you know when when i think again when mcdonald's and some of those fast food brands start do, you know like mcdonald's india is doing some incredible vegetarian stuff like like, you, like you'll get and i would expect you'll that. get you'll get foodie journalists going come and have a look at this Right, so it's amazing what can happen mm-hmm. if the demand is there. Yeah, um, and um, you know, I think with you know, you, we we don't have it so good in the UK, but like you know, you guys know the joys of really good Mexican food. Yeah, and and just how clever. Um,
1: we're not everywhere. Yeah, 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 just some places like uh, West Coast.
2: Well, we're, we're, you know the good ones, yeah. and uh, but we don't. I mean, all we don't really have. Mm-hmm. We, we haven't been blessed with that yet, really. But just the cleverness of salsa yeah. and, and, and what you can do with. Grilled items, yeah, and and corn, slow-cooked and, tortillas things and, and, and
1: all of that, yeah. And
2: I've been lucky enough to travel to Mexico, and it just blows my mind. But, of course, every, con- every country is interesting. Right. Um, so and I think you journey. also
1: show that in your book. You show how um, globally you have this influence of food, and you show it through vegetables. And, and again, I want to talk about the depth of flavor and the techniques. And, and it's just a dish, a delicious dish that happens to be vegetarian. And you happen to be very awesome. Oh, thank ha- you. You're so welcome. And we <laughs> happen to be at the end.
2: Oh. That's a good ending.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
2: you so thank much. Thank you, my darling.
0: Thanks for listening. 9 to Y Talks is supported by a generous endowment established by Daphne Reconati Kaplan and Thomas S. Kaplan. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and find more great conversations at 9 yorg slash archives.